After COVID-19 brought the world to a screeching halt, teachers and students of all ages were forced to go digital. For the next 30 minutes, we're going to be talking about all of the newest technologies and strategies that educators are using to help close the gap between the physical classroom and the virtual classroom. So stay tuned for news, exclusive interviews, and more right here on Virtually Educated, WPCZ, LPFM, Demarest. In Georgia, sports are legion. Athletes are legendary. And the voices that painted the pictures are timeless. Larry Munson. We just stepped on their face with a half-nailed boot. Steve Holman. Dominique Wilkins has become the all-time Hawk scoring leader. Ernie Johnson Sr. Skip Carey. The Atlanta Braves are National League champions again. Al Serraldo. West Durham. 10-5. Touchdown Atlanta. Ernie Harwell. That one is long gone. Danny Reed. And since the beginning, we've brought it all to you instantly. We're America's broadcasters and the great radio stations of Georgia. This year, radio turns 100 years young, and we're just getting started. Coming to a device near you, the very best is yet to come. For more info on the centennial of radio in America, visit gab.org radio100. This message brought to you with pride by member stations of the Georgia Association of Broadcasters. What's up, Lions? This is Savannah Richards, and you are listening to Virtually Educated right here on Z98.7 FM, the student voice of Piedmont University. And I just want to say congratulations to all of our capstone students and seniors uh, who are looking forward to graduation this year. It has now been announced that for graduation, all students will be able to have two guest tickets. Uh, and then moving on to our show today, I have an interesting topic that's a little more telecommunications based than some of my other topics have been. Uh, but I want to talk about internet connectivity. Uh, I have a couple stats here that I want to share from the Federal Communications Commission. It says approximately 19 million Americans, 6% of the population, still lack access to fixed broadband service at threshold speeds. In rural areas, nearly one-fourth of the population, 14.5 million people, lack access to internet service. I feel like this is something that we don't always think about, but there are still plenty of areas in rural America where students don't have any access to Wi-Fi, which is really difficult whenever you're looking at doing schooling either entirely online or partially online. And even pre-COVID, uh, this is something that's becoming really difficult because uh, most of your homework assignments, whether you're in college or whether you are in high school, uh, are online. We turn in our assignments online. We write papers and email them to teachers and professors for revisions. There's just so many different programs that are geared towards education and learning and so many programs being used by schools. I remember E-Class was used in Gwinnett County when I was in high school. Uh, it's just having internet connectivity is so important for students nowadays. And to think that there are still so many who don't have access is baffling. And it, it presents a genuine problem. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about that today. And I have some more stats to share coming up. But right now we're going to have a short break and then we will be back for an interview with mass communications major Emma Marti. So stay tuned for that.
Hey there, Piedmont Lions. I'm Ray Locko here to give you all the latest top news action happening here on the Demers campus of Piedmont University. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Piedmont College is no longer Piedmont University is our new title, and that is what we will be going by. It allows more opportunities to be brought to campus as well as new majors. With that being said, on Wednesday, April 7th, CAB will be having their yearly Easter egg hunt. I know what y'all are thinking, Easter is gone, but due to bad yucky weather last Wednesday, CAB was forced to cancel or move their event, so that's what they did. The first round of the egg hunt will be at 3 p.m. on the campus quad, then the second round hunt will be at 8 p.m., and there's a twist to this one. Not only will it be in the dark, but the eggs will be glowing in the dark to make it even more fun and interesting. There will also be four golden tickets put in eggs for students to win prizes. Be sure to go out at 3 and 8. You will not want to miss this event. Another event that will be happening on April 7th is Stress Less Plants, hosted by Res Life in the Ipswich Residential Hall. The event will be from 8 to 9 p.m. The whole purpose of the event is to reduce, reuse, recycle, and to chill out. You'll be planting a natural stress-reducing plant such as lavender and mint inside a plastic water bottle. The event is being hosted by R.A. Jen. You won't want to miss it. She is an awesome R.A. Lastly, CAB will be hosting another fun-filled event. It will be on April 12th from 3 to 6 p.m. It will be a kite-flying day. Be sure to bring a friend and some sunglasses to participate in the event. Of course, weather will vary, but let's hope it's nice and sunny. This has been your daily news report, reporting for Z98.7 FM, the student-run radio station at Piedmont University. I'm Maria Locko. What's up, Lions? This is Savannah Richards, and you are listening to Virtually Educated right here on Z98.7 FM, the student voice of Piedmont University. Today, I have a special guest who is another student and my roommate. Uh, We're here today in the studio with junior mass communications major Emma Marti. How are you today, Emma? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. So I just want to talk to you a little bit about digital learning and how it's gone for you this semester in hybrid classes. So tell me a little bit about what it's been like for you this semester. Personally, I enjoy hybrid classes more so than I enjoy like sitting in a class that meets three or two or three times a week because I like having the responsibility of being like, I sit in this class for one day, then I go back to my room and either I do or I don't just like go over everything and and just help myself process what I learned. So it's very much like it's on me if I want to actually pay attention and learn. And I think that that really works in college because, I mean, we're taught all through high school, you better get it together by the time you get to college. You better have your stuff together because teachers are not going to hold your hands when you get to college. It's kind of this environment of a little bit more self-control and self-motivation to learning. And so I could see how hybrid classes could be kind of conducive to that. In your hybrid classes, do you have any which are set up in the kind of green gold format that Piedmont's doing right now? Yeah, so my history class with Professor Franklin, we do the green and gold groups. For anyone who hasn't heard me talk about this a little bit before with the green and gold groups that Piedmont has set up. uh, Say if I was in the green group and Emma was in the gold group, I would go to class in person for a full week and then the next week be online while Emma would be in class for a full week. Uh, And so that's kind of how we've had it set up in order to social distance. And that's been, that's been interesting for me. And I know it's been interesting for other students because I am highly motivated sitting in class in my dorm 
Uh, but it's also very hard for me after a full week of just being able to sit in my dorm and watch and listen and like the comfort of my own room in my pajamas rolling straight out of bed. Uh, it's then very hard for me to go back to class the next week and motivate myself to actually get up at 7 a.m. and roll into to Swanson or to uh, Daniels Hall. What is what's it been like for you? I want to hear your experiences with this because I feel like I've complained about it a lot, <laughs> but I don't want to just complain about it. I want to get some other people's opinions. Um, unfortunately, I will probably complain about it a little bit as well. Okay, I feel good. I'm glad we're in agreement. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel the same exact way. So this week I was supposed to be in person, and so my alarm set for this morning, 8 a.m., whatever, I looked, I got an email from Professor Franklin at like 7.30. He said, hey guys, I don't feel too well. We're not going to have class today. And I've never felt more relief. Oh. Not because I didn't want to go to his class. I enjoy the class thoroughly and I love Professor Franklin in a socially appropriate way. But I was so relieved because I was exhausted. <laughs> yeah. Like whenever we were all in class all the time, I was used to waking up and going in every morning. And so I had that kind of schedule, that routine. My mental clock had like mm -hmm. adjusted to that schedule. And then coming back this year, it's been really hard for me to self-motivate. And I know I just gave a whole spiel about <laughs> self-motivating in college, but I haven't been doing it well. Neither have I. <laughs> and I don't want to blame the hybrid format, but I think that it does play a role. For sure. Yeah. it's It's been hard. It has. Because I... I like having that responsibility of being like, you're going to learn, like, you'll get out what you put in, essentially. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that because it makes me feel better about myself and it feels very adulty, but like, I'm not good at being adulty yet. So no. I'm just like, maybe not right now. I think college is like that transitioner. Like, you don't have to be entirely adulty straight out. Exactly. The gate. Like, there's a little bit of time and adjustment period. I get what you're saying, though. It helps me motivate myself to do more whatever I can actually, like, hype myself up about. Yeah, I'm learning. I'm doing this. I'm making progress. Mm -hmm. It's just I feel like a lot of a lot of life has gotten kind of. Um, it's gotten silly. It's gotten silly. But yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about grades and don't tell me anything too personal. I'm ask not asking you to, like, violate FERPA or anything. Not yet. Um, <laughs> not yet. Not this early in the show. Um, but yeah, do you feel like your grades have been up to par with where they normally were before this semester or is there, do you feel like digital learning has somewhat harmed your GPA? Cause I know that GPA is every college student's concern. Mm -hmm. Every one. Yeah. So, hmm. Good question. I myself, um, it depends on the situation. I'm very type A. So like I want all the control of my grades mm -hmm. so being online has kind of taken that control away from me in a sense because I don't always know where I stand in the class mm -hmm. but that being said I still maintained what I had didn't Good. go up didn't go down so like I don't know that might just be me saying something like about myself personally mm -hmm. but like my like work ethic I guess has stayed the same so I mean obviously it's adjusted to like all the new stuff happening but yeah. like I've tried my best and maintained what I had. So that's good. I know yeah. that a lot of people have had issues in that mm -hmm. respect, myself a little included. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's been different, and anything different is going to be hard, mm -hmm. just yeah. kind of in general. It's definitely been hard, but I mean, I feel like it's 
speaking about us personally, we're capable of it. I think so. So, like, it's okay. Well, I think, I think like, every student is capable. Oh, yeah, for sure. Of doing well in classes. And I say this with a grain of salt. Yeah. Because <laughs> myself and math do not get along. Numbers don't make sense to me. Fair. On just, as a concept, numbers, nope, don't make sense. Uh, so, like... With any math-based class or STEM class I'm taking, which has been very few and far between, I'm going to have more trouble. Mm -hmm. But, like, I feel like any student, if you are willing to put in the work, can make that happen. And I feel like with digital learning, we've all kind of found ourselves more in that zone where, like, even if things usually come easier to you, whenever you've kind of disrupted the schedule and you're in class one week and out of class the next week, uh, you're having to put in more of an active effort mm-hmm. to learn beyond just what your brain is trained to do, which is sit in a classroom and take in information and take notes. So I feel like it's been harder because you have to be more active in your own education. So like with things that come easier to me, which is anything that doesn't involve math or science or anything like that, uh, I've had to put in more of an effort to actually pay attention and remind mm-hmm. myself while I'm sitting in my dorm that like, okay, I can't just, like, zone out and stare at whatever's on my walls. Like, Mm -hmm. I have to actively think about this like a classroom. Yeah. Which is hard. It is. Because, I mean, think about this. I'll pose this question since we're here now. Um, We spend, what, 13 years in public schools or private schools in the U.S. being trained and training our brains to essentially learn the same way. Mm -hmm. We have a desk. We have a table, whatever. This is college. We don't really do desks. Uh, We have a desk. We have a table. And we sit there and we stare at a board and a teacher or a professor and they teach. And that's how our brains are trained to learn. Like, that's our learning environment. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like being taken out of that learning environment has messed up your focus at all? For sure. So my high school, because I went to Greater Atlanta Christian School since second grade. So we had a very different situation. We were always kind of on the border of being hybrid because in some of my like AP classes that I took, um, like we would still meet every day, however many times a week, but my teachers would go ahead and like put the lessons online. So like it was, it was a combination of hybrid and in-person because we had that, we had that in-person experience. But on the other hand, it was like, we have the hybrid option. Mm -hmm. So For me, I'm just a weird case because I kind of get the both ends of the spectrum. So I'm like, I kind of was used to the hybrid. Like, obviously, it was a learning curve being sent home and having to do completely online. But, like, coming back and doing hybrid, I feel like I was a little more prepared than Mm -hmm. others because, like, GAC is just GAC. Yeah, because you'd already kind of gotten used exactly. to, to doing that. Yeah. That's interesting. I didn't know that they did it that way. It it really depended on the class because, like I said, one of my AP classes, it was AP Environmental Science. So that class is – I'm the same way. Science does not come easy. So, like, that class was just different. Mm-hmm. And teacher was different. I absolutely adored that man. He was awesome and a great professor, great teacher. Whoa. <laughs> I know it messes me up all yeah. the time going back and forth uh, from talking about high school to college. Yeah. Plus, like, at GAC, I don't know if this was, like, an all-school th- all thing, but, like, if 
a teacher was also a coach. I never called him like Mr. Meeker. It was it always was coach. coach. Yeah. So mm-hmm. and now I'm just like doctor, Mr. Coach. What? <laughs> so yeah, don't know what to do. So yeah, I guess it just really depends like on your personal work ethic, and then also like whether or not you went through something similar so whenever there was um really bad weather or something gac so we were that school <laughs> i can't say that that doesn't yeah, no, make GAC sense was that school gac was that school and paid a lot of money for it so every student starting in sixth grade got their own macbook mm-hmm. right take home so every time there was like inclement weather we kind of had to do that hybrid online format because it wasn't safe for us to actually go in school so like i remember junior my junior year in high school i'm pretty sure there was like a really bad hurricane in like september ish and so there were like three or four days where i didn't have power but i was still expected to do my work because not three or four days it was maybe like a day or two yeah no i I know what you're talking about Mm -hmm. but like i don't know that just makes me think like for people who this is a different tangent, but like going completely online when COVID first hit, like thinking about the people who don't have access to technology, like right on hand, mm-hmm. like that must have been terrible. And like, I don't think people really anticipated that well. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, this is something that we don't really think about, or I guess we do here at Piedmont's campus because we are not in the best area for Wi Fi, mm-hmm. but there's still a lot of areas throughout the country that don't have great access to Wi-Fi. And that's always kind of shocking to me because I grew up in the metro Atlanta area where Mm -hmm. there's Wi-Fi basically anywhere you go. Same. But there are still a lot of places throughout even just this country where people don't have great access. Mm -hmm. I remember reading an article, and I'll probably quote it again later in the show, about students who live in an area where there is almost no access to Wi-Fi at their own homes. And so after school, they will sit there at the school building, on the school building steps, just a whole horde of students trying to mooch off the school Wi-Fi in order to do their homework before they can even go home. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, that brings up a whole other conversation about the uh, issue of homework. But, yeah, I mean, you're keeping kids stuck at school even longer because they don't have Wi-Fi and that was before a global pandemic. Yeah. I can't even begin to imagine how schools like that handled Oh yeah, for sure. this situation. I remember, I don't know if you saw this article or I don't know if you've like mentioned it before, but like I read this article and it was like there were school bus drivers who would like get like I don't I don't know how Wi-Fi works, but like they would <laughs> take Wi-Fi like in the school bus and uh-huh. like hook it up and everything and just go sit in neighborhoods who like don't have access to Wi-Fi on hand and they would just like for however many hours of the day, they would just sit there and let the kids use the Wi-Fi. Really? Yeah. I'll try and find it for you. It was really interesting. Okay, yeah. I'm probably going to talk about that in our next talk segment. Yeah. Or go into more detail with that because that's really interesting. I know. I, like, saw that one day and I was like, that is so cool. And that's really the first time when I, like, it clicked in my head that I was like, oh, wow, people are not, people don't always have access to Wi-Fi. And like you said, it's kind of shocking to think about that there are people who are like don't have wi-fi which sounds very like it's like third world problems yeah um because we always kind of and maybe this is an american mindset Mm -hmm. but we kind of are conditioned to think that like in third world countries developing countries not having wi-fi is a normal thing but like here 
everyone should have Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. But that's not always the case. No, it's not. And I remember in one of my other classes, it's a completely online class with Prof- Dr. Tangle, excuse me. And um, one of our assignments was kind of t- like talking about the Wi-Fi situation and how like in, I remember one of the articles that I read, it was in like Maine or Maryland or what one of those like northeastern states. Yeah. It was like in the rural areas, they just don't. And so they'd have to like travel and go get wi like go somewhere that actually has access. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Because yeah. we haven't, so much of our country hasn't run either any kind of Wi-Fi or doesn't have access to like fiber optic or any of these different uh, hardware mm-hmm. that is necessary to have decent Wi-Fi. Because even just where I live, and I live in Metro Atlanta, we had days where trying to connect to Zoom, I couldn't connect my camera or it just wouldn't run. (laughs) No, thanks. (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, thank you so much for coming and talking with me today, Emma. Uh, Once again, this has been junior mass communications major, Emma Marti. We'll be coming back with some more information about everything we just talked about after this short break. So stay tuned. Hey, what are you doing this Friday and every Friday at noon? Have lunch with us. 12 o'clock variety show on Z98.7 the student-run radio station at Piedmont College. Would you like some country and conversation while you chew? Some hip-hop and hot topics added to your hot plate? Want some pop while you pop a snack? We've got your back. We're the show that makes you go, hmm, while you, hmm. Join us every Friday at noon here on Z98.7 the student-run radio station at Piedmont College. Welcome back, Lions. You're still listening to Virtually Educated right here on Z98.7 FM, the student voice of Piedmont University. And today we're talking about internet connectivity and how important it is to education as a whole. And I want to start out and talk about one more quote from the FCC, uh, Federal Communications Commissions, for any non-PASCOM students who might not be familiar with that organization. Uh, They said, even in areas where broadband is available, approximately 100 million Americans still do not subscribe. So we have here stats that are telling us that internet connectivity is not available to everyone across the country. Uh, And because of this, whether it is not available or they are unable to subscribe due to financial issues or whatnot, uh, we had a couple of different school systems try to find solutions to this problem. And I think that some of the solutions they came up with were really creative. I know that Emma, whenever we were talking a little bit earlier, mentioned a school bus program where school systems were rigging up their school buses with Wi-Fi routers and sending them out into neighborhoods. And so I did a little research during the break and I found this quote from the Texas Tribune Uh, that says, after the coronavirus pandemic abruptly closed schools last spring, empty school buses rigged with Wi-Fi routers sat in parking lots and neighborhoods allowing students to tap into free internet to do their schoolwork. It it just amazes me how uh, willing school systems have been through this whole thing to kind of look outside the box and find interesting solutions to different problems and really just find a way to make everything work. Uh, If you haven't heard anything about this and want to check it out, you should definitely go to the Texas Tribune and look at some of their articles following what their school systems have done with this school bus program. 
because uh, it's it's really neat. <laughs> it's really neat to see. Uh, one of the articles I read talked about parents coming to parking lots or to their neighborhood and pulling up beside a, the school bus that was rigged up with the Wi-Fi routers and bringing packed lunches and just sitting there with their kids while they try to do their schoolwork, sometimes for hours. And of course, that is not ideal. This is not the ideal situation. And I think that the better solution would be to make sure that Wi-Fi is available in all areas, but as that is not immediately possible, I think that this was a really creative fix. And I'm also really impressed that there were parents who are dedicated enough to their kids' educations to, you know, fix a fix a sandwich and a small pack lunch and go sit in a car for hours during their day to try and help their students get their education and keep up with their schoolwork. I also want to mention briefly a documentary that I watched for a class earlier this year uh, called The Speed of Thought. It's a wonderful documentary about 5G, which doesn't sound that interesting, but I promise you it is more interesting than you'd think. Uh, and it's available on Amazon Prime for streamers. Uh, if you want to go check that out, feel free. But it talks about a school system where students are in an area with almost no Wi-Fi. And most students don't have access to Wi-Fi in their homes. So what they would do is sit on the steps of their school after class and do all of their homework right there so they could connect to the school's Wi-Fi. Uh, I have strong opinions on homework. I'm sure that a lot of people have strong opinions on homework. Uh, I honestly am not such a huge fan of homework in general, especially not excessive amounts of homework, because I believe that students should be able to go home at the end of the day and be with their families and be kids and have that playtime, that development time to, you know, relax and just grow. <laughs> and I think that it's... It's sad to think that there are students who have to spend hours sitting at school even after they are free from school because you spend eight hours of your day in a classroom and then to not be able to go home after that because you have to stay there for Wi-Fi connectivity just sounds really hard to me. And I think it's great that there are students who are motivated enough to do that, but I wish it wasn't necessary. And so... Uh, the last thing I want to talk about is a little bit of a personal story. So I worked in daycares and uh, children's camps and children's ministry for several years. Uh, I'm not working there any longer, but I've had a chance to really talk to a lot of kids and hear their stories. And that's one of my favorite things about my time as like a Sunday school teacher was you become someone that these kids trust. And so they'll tell you things about their lives and, you know, kind of confide in you. And it's it's nice. It's nice to be able to have conversations with them and let them get things off their chest that might have been bothering them. And so one of the students who I had in Sunday school classes from the time she was in third grade to I think she's now starting high school, which makes me feel old, um, but she is my neighbor. 
And she told me that she actually doesn't do her online assignments. No one in her household does because her parents don't pay for Wi-Fi. And so I asked her, hey, uh, you know, if you need to go to a library, there's one right down the street. I mean, if you need to walk to the McDonald's right down the road, you could get Wi-Fi there. And she just told me that her teachers just give her A's anyway. They don't grade her as harshly because she's told them that she doesn't have Wi-Fi. And I understand where she's coming from, and I understand where the teachers are coming from. And once again, this is just stories that I've heard from students um, and not, you know, stories that I've heard from teachers. So there is always kind of a take it with a grain of salt attitude there. But it, it does bring up this interesting dilemma of what do you do in those situations? What do you do whenever you have students who have parents who aren't willing to or able to give them the resources that they need to do their classwork and who aren't able to drive themselves to wherever Wi-Fi is? It's just, it's become such an issue. And I know that uh, even these school bus programs that have been going around are starting to shut down now that students are starting to go back to school. But there's still that issue of what about the students who still don't have Wi-Fi to do their homework? What about the students who still don't have Wi-Fi to do their assignments that are based on the internet? I mean, how many of my assignments have been Google scavenger hunts, things like that, where you're supposed to use internet resources to kind of help reinforce that information on your own? It's just there's so much of education that is reliant today on internet for us to still have so many people without it. Thank you for tuning in to Virtually Educated. If you enjoyed today's show, be sure to tune in again next Thursday at 4 p.m. for another 30 minutes of exclusive talk and interviews right here on Zeke 98.7 FM.